I was in high school, I started to get into movies in a big way, and uh, I can't say there was any like one thing in particular, but um, I think just with like the internet and like sites like IMDb and stuff becoming popular, I used to be on the message boards a lot, and I just got really into learning everything about every movie that I saw, like everything that I, every movie I would see, I would look up all the trivia about it, and I was just fascinated with it. My name is April and I work in post-production. Hi, my name is Emily Milling. And I'm Jenny Tang. We've come to the City of Toronto to find some of the most talented and inspiring women working in creative industries. Every other week, we will tell you one of their stories. We want to share their experiences with other amazing women that are looking for inspiration to do the same. This week, we talked to April Mansky, a post-production artist who is currently working as an assistant editor. We head off to university or college after high school because that's exactly what we think we're supposed to be doing. Sometimes we find the light at the end of the tunnel and we graduate. Sometimes we see the light a little sooner and we decide that this program maybe isn't right for us. Sometimes we love what we majored in and we pursue a career in it, and sometimes we fall out of love with what we majored in and we need to figure out what's next. For April, it was a media studies class in high school that sparked her love for all things film. But she wasn't really sure what it was that she wanted to do with that passion. In high school, I actually uh, didn't really know, like throughout high school, what I wanted to do. I don't really remember having a a plan until like they kind of make you decide when you have to choose a university <laughs> and like a major and all that. So I ended up uh, at going out for journalism because I really liked uh, this media class that I had, which was basically like, what is the effect media has on uh, you know the audience and media constructions? And it really helped me start to really think about those types of things. Um, and I just loved it. I loved studying media. I was just fascinated with it. Fascinated with the, uh, the filmmaking process and I used to love like listening to commentaries and just about the story behind the story and, and like the onset stuff, but less, not necessarily just that, like more, uh, you know, inferring meaning from things and like, I don't know, really flashy movies that I liked in like my later high school years would be like Boogie Nights or like Donnie Darko or uh, Rules of Attraction or something like that. And uh, kind of like the more I, I got into that, the more I kind of realized that like, I, I was kind of, I guess it was in grade 12 when I was taking that media class. I think there was one in grade 11 too, but there was one in grade 12 that I took and again, that guidance counselor, she told me not to take it because she's like, it's not going to do you any, get you any points towards your university, uh, you know, entrance thing or whatever. And I was like, I don't care. I want to learn. I actually wanted to learn. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was in that class that, you know, I got introduced to some movies and I learned a little, just a, just a little bit about how to, to analyze things. And that kind of made me think that I, I don't know how, but I would like to somehow work in the film industry. And I didn't necessarily think I wanted to be in front of the camera, but uh, I thought it would be a lot of fun to be behind the camera. I like being in front of the camera too, but I didn't think I wanted to, I never thought that I was never going to be an actress. Like even though I acted in high school and I liked doing it, 
I never ever thought that that would be like my career. I kind of always thought I would have some some hand in the making of process. So uh, that's kind of what I wanted to do and that's how I ended up going out for journalism because I had the counselor say that, well, you should be a journalist then. So it's just like, all right. And I just kind of went along with that. April attended Carleton University in Ottawa for journalism with the intention of becoming a film critic but quickly learned that the high-pressured, deadline-driven world of journalism wasn't what she was looking for in a career. Uh, it wasn't for me, I'll say that. Um, but I kind of realized while I was in that program that uh, it wasn't really what I wanted to do uh, because they make you do hard news and like bylines and uh, I just found that all really boring. I didn't even like the news, I, ba I barely read newspapers. I was just in it because I wanted to be a, a film critic. and. Uh, not only that, it was just super competitive. You had to keep, I think, like an A average in order to stay in the program. The people that I was rooming with were in it and were just constantly stressed out all the time. And it's, that's just not the type of student I am. I like to feel relaxed and I don't work well under pressure. Not like that anyway. April decided to pursue her passion in film and immediately knew that she made the right decision. I had taken a film studies, intro to film studies course that kind of just changed my whole perspective on what I really wanted to do and what I wanted to learn about. Because uh, I was like, oh, this is, this is, you know, what I want to be in. So I immediately switched majors the second, uh, second year. And then when I was just in a regular BA with a major in film studies, instead of a, a Bachelor of Journalism, which I guess I was the, in the program for before, <clears throat> yeah, that was like the best thing I ever did was changing majors because I was just, I was in a program that I didn't belong in, essentially. Like most students in a liberal arts program, April had no idea what she wanted to do with film studies. She just knew that she loved it. And while her parents were supportive of everything that she did, they were also unsure of how this would turn into a career. Well, my parents were kind of just like, you're doing this now? Okay. Like, they weren't like, yeah, good idea. They were, they were just like, I don't know what you're going to do with that, but, you know, and I didn't know either. I didn't know, like, what I was going to do with a, a BA in film studies, but I was just like, well, I'm here. I'm, I'm at university. You know, I want, I want to do this. And the thing is, I was going to go to Ryerson my first year, but they, they didn't get back to me as fast as Carleton did, and I decided I wanted to go to Ottawa uh, and study there. But if I had of, I would have had a completely different experience in uh, university if I had been at Ryerson, because it would have been practical filmmaking. And instead I was in a, a, a film theory course, which is less practical, but it was just so interesting and is actually really good if you want to be a film critic because it's important to be able to know how to analyze films even if it's like okay apply this theory of you know postmodernism you know whatever to this film from you know 1922 and it's uh, it's definitely it's different but it kind of it it evolves with each like class you take you know because they're just so specific and there's just so many different eras and films from different countries just, you know, it's never-ending really uh, how much you can learn about uh, film and film studies <clears throat> and film theory.
After graduating from Carleton, April contemplated her next step, but just as she had predicted, she didn't know what was next. Before moving back to Oshawa, she had a good talk with a friend to figure things out. I uh, had a friend who lived in Toronto and was at Humber College doing uh, some sort of media communications program, I think, and I had mentioned to him that I didn't really know what I wanted to do in film. I didn't think I wanted to work on set. I thought maybe I might want to do editing because uh, it's a little, it seemed like a little more stable world than working on set, even though I did kind of want to do that. I kind of wasn't sure how to get into that. And he was like, hey, there's this program at Humber that sounds like uh, what you were talking about. And you just sent me the outline. And I was just like, this is perfect. This has everything. It had editing, audio, and VFX training. And it was a post-grad program. And it was just a matter of explaining to my parents, you know, who, who would be paying for it, like, this is what I want to do. And I, I need to do this after. Yeah, so I need to take more school after I'm already in school. It was only another year, but it was three semesters back to back. So, I just, and it was, a uh, yeah. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't cheap, <laughs> but uh, it was a diploma course, and uh, it just seemed perfect, so that's what I ended up doing. So I was in Oshawa for the summer and then moved to Toronto to uh, take this uh, post-production course. And it did end up being perfect. The smaller classes and the hands-on experience got April really excited to get into the industry. Everyone's willingness to help each other out was a far cry from the cutthroat and tension-filled world of journalism. It was a lot of fun. It was nice being in kind of a different environment uh, just because uh, it wasn't so much like lecture halls. It was like smaller rooms and, uh, you know, you're like often in, all in front of computers and stuff like that. It was much more interactive. It was much more hands-on. And... Uh, Everybody in the program, in my program, was really nice, and ages ranged from, like, 19 to, like, people in their, like, 40s, and some people, this was, like, their second career, and, uh, you know, some had worked in the industry, some hadn't, some had done some, yeah, like, I was coming from a theory background, so it was a really good mix of people, and uh, everybody was super nice and wanted to help each other, and the teachers for the most part, were uh, also really, really knowledgeable and wanted, uh, wanted to work with people. So it was a really positive experience. And uh, it got me kind of, it got me excited about working in the, in the industry. After April finished her program, she interned at Finney Films, a post-production house in Toronto, which eventually led to a full-time job in the tape room. And tape room duties consisted of patching the editor suite, or the computer, to a tape deck via a patch bay, which April describes as a bunch of wires and a wall full of holes. She then watched the final output of the show and labeled it for delivery. Some of the shows April has worked on included The Property Brothers, Food Factory, and Cold Blood. I was mostly working in the tape room, but also getting like hands-on experience working with Final Cut. Like I did do that in school, but it was uh, it was it's kind of different when you're actually in the field and doing it for real like clients, and you get to find out like how how most places do it, how how certain uh, offices kind of function, and how the work goes in and out. So just learning about that that process. Most uh, tape rooms or engine rooms, as they're called, are just. Uh, small rooms that are air-conditioned and just have racks and racks of giant-looking VCR things and 
holes and plugs that you plug into things and uh, big mess of wires and uh, stuff like that. And they're always really cold and they go like when you're inside them. <laughs> Making DVDs is a large part of my job uh, out there because uh, again, DVD screeners is a huge part of uh, just how things get around and how things get approved. Sometimes there's ways of posting things online, but it's sometimes it's it's just a lot easier making DVD screeners for people, and that's a lot of what I, what I do. After being at Finney Films for a while, April was offered the opportunity to do some color correcting, but declined because she wanted to know her role inside and out before taking on something new. A bit of a rare trait, because all too often, we want to take on as much as we can, which can turn one into a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. I was offered, like, a, you know, a couple years, or maybe it was a year in, I worked at the first place for four years-ish, and uh, I was offered to be uh, allowed to color some of the shows we did, and I was like, no, I think I want to just stick with what I'm doing now. And uh, a couple of years later, like, another opportunity came up, and I was like, well, maybe I do want to do color, because at that point I was getting bored with just doing tape room stuff which, uh, again, even though it's boring, it's working with, the, with machines and different, uh, different jobs coming in, it's still a constant learning process because you're learning how to deal with different things and you're still troubleshooting every day. Troubleshooting is mainly what I do. If this isn't working, you have to try and figure out a way to make it work. And uh, I, uh, I, always, uh, I always ask people for help. I'm not above asking people for help. It's important to stop and try and figure things out on your own, but... Uh, you're, you're always learning. But uh, I did want to do uh, something a little different, so I got a little into uh, color correction uh, during the uh, last uh, like six months I was at that job. When she left Finney Films, April went to another post-production house called Triangle Post, where she works as an assistant editor on Chopped Canada, Open Gym, and Carnival Eats. Now I'm uh, not doing tapes so much. Uh, we do have a, a tape room, but mostly the editors do their own tapes. And sometimes I dub tapes, but I don't know if it's just because of the clients that we have are different, but I don't think so. I think it's just the industry is going away from tapes and I'm more making files now. And you still have to do quality control on files. And, uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of the same things. It's just digital now. And I mostly work with the, with the Avid, which uh, in my industry, it's usually like Avid or Final Cut. And some people are on Premiere, but uh, Avid is the, the biggie. And uh, I did use it at my last job, but hardly at all. And uh, since I've worked here, it's been just like a crash course in learning this program. And uh, I've picked it up pretty fast, but... It's, it's, it's just like any of these computer programs, like, it's like a labyrinth, like, you never know, like, what's going to happen day to day, because it has so many different functions it can do, and they're constantly adding more, and there are bugs, and sometimes it'll just do something strange, and there's so many different menu items, and everybody, again, uses it a little differently, you've got user settings, so people change what buttons do what. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy, but uh, it's, been, it's, it's actually been fun uh, learning something new again, for sure. Although April is happy with her career so far, there's still an air of uncertainty of what she wants to do in the future, which is why she decided to leave Finney Films. I just uh, wanted uh, to, to 
change it up for the most part because I didn't feel like I was going anywhere at the current job and I I, I didn't want to like stagnate and uh, I mostly just wanted to change because I don't really like being in the same place for too long. I've never even lived in the same place, well this current place I am now, I've been here like three and a half years, but most places I'm only there a couple years and it's, it was like the same thing when I was in Ottawa and then I was in Oshawa and now I'm in Toronto and back and forth. I just didn't uh, feel like I could progress the way I wanted, but I was also kind of unsure about what I even wanted as well, you know? I was uh, really happy that I got to learn a lot about color correction, but I just didn't feel like it was the right place for me at the time, and I wasn't sure really what I what I wanted to do. And uh, I got lucky because I got the my current job through uh, through a, a work colleague, a former work colleague. But uh, you know that kind of unsureness about what what I want my career to be, like I def I definitely still have that. I only like worked at a change jobs in like six months ago maybe not even uh, and I ended up doing doing a lot of the same things I'm doing at my last job uh, which is great for now absolutely but as far as like my future I, I can see myself doing something different in a couple years this, the same way. I do really want to get into editing I do want to be like a picture editor but a lot of it like I'm, I'm, I'm editing in my job now it's just like cleaning up stuff for other people and that's that's what online editing is I might be interested in getting into offline editing uh, it's something that I would have done like a bit as a hobby and I did it in school a lot and uh, actually I'd love to just edit things as a hobby more but I'm really lazy and I forget I forget to do that but I've always kind of wanted to do that. If I could just edit like funny videos for a job, I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, like what I really want to do, I still want to be a film critic, but I don't know how I can do that. Not to get, I don't think I can get paid to do that. So that's kind of how I ended up in this post industry. That's kind of a cushy job, but it comes with its own, uh, you know, stress stress levels, there's, it's still stressful just like any other job, but it's very secure. At least the two places I've worked at have been, you know, I get benefits and, uh, you know, I get vacation days and I get paid what I think is a very fair amount for, for what I do. Uh, but, you know, I can't say whether or not I'll be happy doing that forever. That's definitely uh, something I don't know. Nothing is set in stone for April's future, and she's okay with that. In fact, she's pretty excited. Well, I have really no idea, but I'll probably be doing something similar in the industry, and I would imagine myself in a bigger office, in a nicer office, um, with a nice big edit suite and something like that. Or like that would be that would be nice. I would also like to maybe someday be able to have an edit suite at home to be able to work out of home because lots of the senior people I know do that. And that would be nice uh, to, to be able to have the freedom to do that. Um, as far as what I would be doing and what I'd be working on, I have no idea. I'd like to, I used to say that I wanted to jump around and do different things, and I do, do still want to do that. Um, I have worked a little bit on set. I don't, I don't know. It's like, I'm still not sure yet if I want to do that because it's kind of like a big, big change, but I think that would be kind of fun. But. So I don't really know. 
I might want to do different things. I might stick to editing. I might still stick to post. I, I'm definitely the kind of person who doesn't want to go into administration. I'd like to be, I like being a technician. I like being a, I guess you could say the, the creative person. Um, cause, uh, you know, even though you don't always get to be creative, it's still like the kind of worker position. That's kind of what I would like to do. And again, the way the industry changes and the way companies change, I would like to be able to go around and work for lots of different companies to get different experiences. Um, but I'm kind of excited that I don't really know what I'm going to do in the future and because I like the not knowing and I like not knowing where the industry is going to go um, because technology, which is what I work with, is changing every day. It's getting more and more advanced. So who knows? I mean, we're probably going to be watching the same crap that we watch now, like 10 years from now, probably the same like reality shows and cooking shows and home buying shows, but how those are made and how they are uh, delivered to people may be totally different. So that's kind of exciting. There's a fine line between sticking with one job to become the top person in the industry and jumping around from one position to another and gaining experience in a variety of roles. The former is something that senior editors tend to gravitate to, but considering how the industry is being digitized and is constantly changing, April knows it's important to stay flexible. Well, from what I've seen, uh, everybody seems to kind of be like, yeah, I did this for a while, and then I just decided I didn't want to do that anymore, so I start, went into this. Like, Some people might start off being an editor, and then they might end up being a post coordinator, or vice versa. And I have heard that from a lot of people, but some people are just, they just, they just decide they want to do one thing and they make it a career doing that and they end up being the top editors or top colorists in the city. And if you stick with one thing and you're really passionate about it and you take pride in your work, you know, you can charge, I'm sure like hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, for your, for your services. But you know, the industry is constantly changing and you have to be on the ear about how it's changing and uh, the way people's jobs are structured is changing. So, you know, you can stagnate in a way if, if you're not adapting to new ways of doing things. And a lot of, I think, older editors maybe or, or just workers in the field maybe have a fear of that because, you know, for example, I've heard that most places now they want an online editor to do everything. They want to be an online editor and a colorist and, you know, you know, do the output or whatever. Whereas before, you know, more old school is you would just have a colorist and then an editor and and so on and so forth. So if if that's the way the industry is going, that's the way it's going. And I mean, visual effects is like a whole other can of worms there because uh, those jobs are constantly changing because the demand from the audiences are changing. Also another thing about the post industry is that it's a feast or famine as they say, so you either have way too much to do or nothing to do. And uh, when you have way too much to do you can get really stressed out, And but when you have nothing to do you're just really bored and just like is it time to get out of here yet, just checking your watch constantly. So that's a roadblock I've come to and dealing with that, and I've dealt with that at both places that I've worked at. It's like that everywhere as far as I've heard. You want it, I, I, it just in the middle. You're just busy enough, but you're not too busy. And of course, you can't control how or when these jobs come in. So uh, learning how to, to deal with that is, uh, is important. 
um, because if you get too comfortable, then you might realize that you're not happy anymore and uh, you're not stimulated, <laughs> you know? Every role counts, and having pride in what you do, big or small, is key to building confidence, especially in this industry. When you see something on television that you worked on, you are kind of like, yeah, you know, even if, you know, what I did for it was very far removed, uh, you still kind of feel like pride in it, that it's like, hey, it made its air and, you know, people are enjoying it. And I, I feel that way kind of with anything I've, uh, I've worked on, I would say. And unlike journalism, getting your name published is not the end-all be-all in post-production, which is how April prefers it. I had someone tell me recently not to worry about credits, and that's probably a good idea. Although I did get my first credit recently, and it was, I, never, I never saw it on TV, but it was the first time I ended up in the credits and it felt good. But what does it mean? It really doesn't mean anything. Uh, you can work on something and your name might be on it, it might not be on it. Um, people in the industry don't look at uh, credits in things. If you've worked on something, you can say you've worked on it. It really has no effect on your career, and uh, this is what someone told me recently, and I've yet to see if that's true, but it's probably true. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's important, I guess, what I'm realizing now is not to get hung up on those things. Don't get hung up on small things like that, because if you did a good job and if you made a good relationship with a client or with a coworker, then that's what they're gonna remember, uh, not uh, you know your name on, on the screen. Which is why reputation is so important. The Toronto film industry, especially in post-production, is very tight-knit and April has learned the importance of networking and why it's crucial to project a positive attitude. One of my superiors, I guess you could say, at my first job, uh, who's actually a younger gentleman, but he, uh, when I got started there, he was basically like running the whole show. And uh, I was just like, who is this wunderkind, you know, who just knows everything about technology and, uh, and also, you know, how to, how to organize things, and he was kind of inspiring, and uh, he ended up being a, a colleague who went out and started his own business, but is still kind of working with a lot of the same people, and taught me a lot about, okay, like, I see kind of this whole networking thing, and how it's important to remember people's names and faces sometimes you might need to call them for something at some point and this industry is like insanely small especially in Toronto uh, because even though there's different parts of it you know VFX is one thing and sound is another thing everybody knows everybody or knows somebody who knows somebody and it's it's painfully clear and uh, the more and more people I meet uh, in the industry uh, it, it's kind of uh, it's a good feeling kind of knowing that if you can you know, send out a, a positive image, uh, or just like make a connection with somebody, that'll come back, you know, in spades for you because uh, people remember those things. And uh, yeah, so that particularly person kind of taught me uh, a lot about that and about how to survive, I think, in, the, in this industry because the reputation is insanely important. I'm sure it isn't everywhere else too, but like, if you have a good attitude, even if you don't know something at first, as long as you have a willingness to learn and you get along with people well and you try to get along with people, uh, people will have you back. I, I know that that's for sure why I got hired that first job uh, out of school because, uh, be because people liked working with me. It's very important to be likable. 
And on that note, April wants to stress that as an intern in this industry, it's totally normal to be stuck with all the grunt work for the first little while. Don't ever be above doing anything uh, like uh, that they ask you to do when you're an intern. I mean, obviously not nothing illegal, but uh, cleaning and getting people coffee is what everybody is going to do when they first start. That's that's how it is in every every office. Uh, from my experience and from what I've heard, you're going to get stuck doing those jobs. That's just going to happen. And uh, you can't be above doing that because how it ends up uh, working is uh, people get to know you and then they like you and they want to keep you around. And again, if you can prove that you're willing to do anything and help out anywhere, then uh, people will want you around. And then that's how you turn that into a career. That's the most is what I can say is is be likable and uh, have a positive attitude and don't complain if someone asks you to do something, um, which is uh, which is hard not to sometimes. But it's all about the attitude and uh, you know let people know kind of who you are and uh, uh, what you're interested in um, because people will remember it if you say I want to do color or I want to do sound. Uh, uh, if you keep telling people they will eventually uh, remember that. And uh, if you tell the right people, then that's how you get in uh, to do that thing. Getting into an industry such as film can be tough, but April proved that just by being a likable person with a willingness to learn goes a long way. You can support Her Name Is by following us on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, and rating and reviewing the podcast. That will help us find more listeners like you. You can find the podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and anywhere else you download podcasts. You can contribute to the podcast at hernameispodcast.com. Sponsorship and partnership opportunities are available. If you're interested, send us an email at info at hernameispodcast.com. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. Special thanks to everyone that supported us so far in creating this podcast, including Ben Donnelly, Justin DeClue, Cindy Milling, Sang Tang, and our furry friends George Michael, Milos, and Godzilla. If you are or know of a woman in the creative industry in Toronto, we'd love to meet you. Email us at info at hernameispodcast.com or get in touch through Facebook or Twitter. We can't wait to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by us. Emily Milling and Jenny Tang. Music was written by Emily and this podcast is a product of Can Make Productions. Thanks for listening. And as you're planning your life, don't forget to take some time out for reflection and self-improvement. When I look back at myself even a year ago, I, it's like I was a different person almost because I'm constantly changing and uh, learning or uh, being encouraged or discouraged from certain things. But I really do believe, and this is a new thing that I've come up with like recently, <laughs> that uh, self-improvement is, uh, I think, the most important thing that you can do because, at least from my experience and the people around me, when you really focus on making yourself the best version that you can be, then good things will come to you because other people want to be around someone like that. They want to be around someone who's doing interesting things that they are uh, enjoying and they're happy with themselves and uh, they're uh, constantly improving themselves no matter what that means. That can mean something for something different for anybody. But uh, yeah, so it's kind of like corny but it's like, you know, 
make a, make yourself be the best uh, version of yourself and uh, other people will find that attractive and that goes for anybody, any person in, in your life.